Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. We are so glad that you're with us this morning for worship. If you're joining us online, welcome. Well, if you were with us a few weeks ago, you know that we're um, in at the end of week two of 21 days of prayer and fasting. For those of you that have joined us in that process, I'm sure you didn't need a reminder of that. You're probably very cognizant of that, saying seven more days. We're almost there. We had a, uh, a throne room encounter last night. For those of you that may not have participated in that before, it's just a time of worship and prayer. Uh, Stacy Martin leads those uh, once a month on the first Saturday of every month. And last night uh, was, a, uh, was a great time of worship and prayer. Uh, and this, this, this boldness came up, and she actually introduced that, that new song last night, and then we just sang it this morning, uh, which is very, very powerful. Uh, but she was bold in her prayer and her proclamation, and she she led us in a prayer for Afghanistan and um, Ukraine and all the other nations in the world where where Christians don't have the freedoms that we do, um, and that they're under far more persecution than we are. And I know that many of you that have been joining us in that prayer and fasting have been lift, lifting them up in your prayers, uh, and we need to continue to do that. But I'm also cognizant of the fact that we also have things in our own lives, in our own circumstances, with our own families, with our own children uh, that we're going through, that we're also lifting up. And I just want to re-encourage you that God hears all of our prayers. And we talked about that two weeks ago, that, that the Word tells us we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces and presences in the heavenly realms. And that when we pray and we fast, God is doing a work in there, even when we may not see it and we may not see the results yet, but God... God is moving and he is at work and and it's beyond our comprehension. Uh, you know, I, I think of the, just the small, minute little circumstances that, that I'm involved in in my life. And they, the, the things seem so big and, and so broad, but I know it's so minute and so small. And that God is doing a work literally throughout the world with 7 billion people. And he knows what's going on everywhere and is orchestrating all those things together for good for those who love him and serve him. And we can trust him and continue to believe that God uh, is going to have his will done on this earth as it is in his kingdom. And we can have our faith and hope and trust in him. Uh, and, and, it's, and that's our hope, that God is with us. And that's the good news that we should not be ashamed to proclaim to everyone that we know. Well, next week we're going to finish this, uh, finish up this fast and this series, um, and I'll get to the message in just one moment. But I have one other uh, item that I want to share with you. It's some exciting news. Uh, we're going to be asking you in the coming weeks and uh, maybe month or so uh, to pardon our mess in, in our worship center. Uh, what that means is that we're really very close to being ready to start the worship center remodel. As many of you may remember, we planned on following the completion of our NCC West building, which is our, now our youth and children's building that we've been in for a little over a year. Um, and when we announced that project, we said that following that project, we would update our worship center. It's been a little over 25 years uh, since anything's been done in this room to update it, and it's starting to show. Um, at the time that God called us to do this, the elders believed that he said that we were to do it all debt-free. Uh, he gave us Exodus 25, 1 through 2 that says, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the people of Israel that they take for me a contribution 
from every man whose heart moves him, you shall receive the contribution for me. And the Lord gave that word to Moses in regards to building the new tabernacle or the tabernacle when they were in the wilderness. And, and the people brought in so much that they actually had to tell them to stop because they had more than they needed. And we stepped out in faith and God has, has basically provided in the same manner as we've gone through this. We presented the need to, to you all, to this congregation, and God miraculously provided along the way, and he allowed us to build that building uh, debt-free. Um, I was meeting with um, some other pastors uh, last month, and three of them were in the middle of, of expanding their churches and in the middle of construction. And just since they started, uh, and, and as many of you are probably aware, costs are skyrocketing. Um, and so they literally had loans that were enough to build the building when they started, but now they're having to stop the construction because they they don't have enough down for the amount that now it would cost to finish the construction. The full like in you know getting in with all the furnishings and all that kind of stuff is over three hundred dollars a square foot. And I when 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 I was at that table I started doing the math in our building here and it would almost be four million dollars to build NCC West today. And we did it for eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. God had yeah God's timing was good. He knows what he's doing. You know, and I don't, some of y'all may remember, but we shared at the beginning of the, uh, when the pandemic started, um, we were just getting that whole process started. And, and I really uh, prayed sincerely like, okay, Lord, did you have us build this? Because maybe we needed it to get us through this season. And God said very clearly, no, I gave it to you so you wouldn't have to stop and do it now. Uh, and we did. And he totally provided. Um, and while those costs are, are high, Thank the Lord the stuff that we're doing in this room aren't impacted to that level. So I'm sure it's a little more, but we're not for carpet and chairs and the things that we'll be doing um, in here. Won't, we're not going to see that high of an increase in our price tag. What we will be doing is doing some work um, like closing off these windows to nowhere. Um, if, you, if you go on those hallways, there's just a wall on the other side. Those used to be external windows. They used to see outside. And we added the, the fellowship hall and the daycare and the, fel- the foyer. Um, and so we're going to do some of those things that will limit the amount of time that we have to close the worship center um, when we do the, the things that we wouldn't be able to meet in here. And thank the Lord, now we have a place to meet during that time. We'll be able to worship together in NCC West. And I'm really excited about that time together. I think it's going to be uh, just draw us closer together. It's, we're definitely going to be closer together. Um, <laughs> But it won't be for very long, and we'll keep you we'll keep you posted. But we just wanted you to know, and uh, th- so you would be aware. Uh, we ask that you prayerfully consider if God would have you to continue contributing toward our generations fund, or maybe start contributing for the first time. Uh, any gift that you put the notation generations on it will go directly to the remaining remodel expense. Another blessing that I want to share with you is when we when we finalize this process, we're going to be able to bless two other congregations by donating the majority of the chairs you're sitting in now. Um, and so, yes, yeah. So, so our, our other brothers and sisters in Christ will be able to benefit from these for many years to come, and we're excited to be able to bless them in that way. These updates to our worship center will allow us to continue to provide a welcoming environment for our community and beyond for many years to come. Our heart at NCC is to provide a place where entire families in every stage of their life can have the opportunity to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ as we walk together in relationship. And we look forward to to 
plus years. Maybe we won't go that long this next time with, without updating again, but we look forward to, to being able to minister and, and become into relationship as we walk together with others in Christ Jesus in our community and beyond. If you have your Bible with you this morning, go ahead and, uh, or your Bible app, you can turn to James chapter 3, and we're going to get there in just a moment. This morning we're continuing in our Faith Works series. Our faith, as we've been talking, can work in every area of our life, even on the occasion when we want to speak our mind. I mentioned that last week's messages on faith working with other people uh, or with people that we don't like was for other people. And nobody complained after that message, so I thought we would try it again because, of course, none of us here wants to speak our mind or has ever spoke our mind and gotten ourselves in trouble, right? I didn't think so. I'm sure nobody here has ever said anything they wish they could take back. But once again, feel free to take notes for all the friends and family members that are coming to mind right now that need to hear this message. You can send them the link to this message, share it online, and I'm sure they will thank you for your encouragement. Seriously, though, who among us doesn't cringe when we think about some of the words that have come out of our mouth or some of the words that we have typed on a keyboard or, (laughs) you know what this is, (laughs) text. After, after the first message, somebody shared with me um, that sometimes when you're texting about someone else and they're on your mind, you accidentally include them in the, who you're sending it to. You know, I won't ask for a hand, right? That one, praise the Lord, I don't think I've done yet. Um, but, but they had, and I'm sure somebody, somebody here has, but they were like, oh, share that, because I guarantee you there's other people who have done that. Um, and I've, I have seen that done, and you're like, oh... And you can't take it back. It's too late. It's out there. I was, I was trying to think of examples for this message and there is one, a personal testimony in this message, but then I was talking to Candy beforehand and she started giving me plenty of examples of things I've done (laughs) and said, and I was like, I should have asked you during the week because I was really having to, you know, I was having to think about it and she's just like, here you go. She reminded me of one instance that we were at church at our church in Amarillo before we came to Lampasas, and um, I walked up to this family, and she was she was standing with me, and it was a, a couple that we knew, young couple, and for some unknown reason, I had I think it had been like 24 plus hours that I hadn't slept. We had gone like around the clock at my job, and then we still, for some reason, went to church. Um, I probably should have just stayed in bed. Um, but so I saw this young lady and I said, oh, when are you, ex- like, when's the due date? When are you expecting? And she, I mean, nothing about this girl said I'm pregnant. I mean, nothing. There was no evidence. I, mean, I have no idea where it came from. And Candy immediately said, he hasn't slept in 24 hours. <laughs> and I was like, she's right. She's like, and then we just turned around and <laughs> like, it was horrible. Um, But that, I mean, honestly, though, that's, that's about the, the least we could say that we wish we could take back. That was a, just a stupidity and a, you know, maybe, maybe, I'm sure she thought about it for a while. But it wasn't, you know, actively trying to hurt somebody or say something bad. If you've been here for this whole series, you may remember that the book of James is considered wisdom literature. Wisdom literature of the New Testament, it's it's similar to the book of Proverbs. And you can read this whole book of James in less than 30 minutes. 
and it's just absolutely full of solid truths, all packed into one or two sentences. And in this series, we've been focusing on how our faith is really supposed to work. Not only does it work in a functional sense, like actually accomplishing things, our faith, if it's real, should translate into us doing things. And James shares two of these truths at the very beginning of this letter in James 1.22. He writes, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. And then in 2.18 he says, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. It's clear that James put a lot of stock into action. He clearly believed that if we have unseen saving faith in Jesus Christ, that that would translate into visible and tangible life changes and actions that can be seen by those around us. It's a spiritual maturing process that continues from the point of our salvation until the very end of our time on this earth. We're called to be disciples. We're called to be students. We're called to be apprentices of Jesus Christ. And if we believe that, if that is truly our faith, then we will see it in our work, in our actual practice, in our day-to-day life, not only in our physical actions and habits, but also in the words that come out of our mouths or the letters that come out of our thumbs. Last week, we looked at James sharing a parable-like message. And this morning, we're going to look at another similar passage found in James chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 1 through 12. He says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Those 12 verses are packed with truths and imagery. James paints some impressive pictures for us here. The same way we can guide a powerful horse uh, or that we can bridle our tongue, we can bridle our whole body. The same way that we can guide a powerful horse with a bit in its mouth. The tongue is like a rudder, 
small but guiding a whole ship. You know, when James used this example, the boats and the ships that they would have had at that time would have been nothing compared to the massive cruise ships and uh, container ships that we have today. Yet still today, with the turn of a wheel, they can guide that entire ship wherever they would like it to go. He says it's like an unrighteous fire that can set the whole course of our life ablaze like a spark burning down a whole forest. And I know many of us, like I said, have said that word or typed out that text, included the wrong person in it, and send it. And then, you know, like a fire starting, we're trying to... (laughs) But it's too late. It's already gone. It's already set set the force ablaze. We can't tame our tongue in our own strength, but by the power and grace of God, it can be done. James finished this section off by saying we bless our Lord and Father with our tongue. At the same time, we curse the people around us who are made in the likeness of God and said from the same mouth come blessing and cursing and clearly said this isn't the way it's supposed to be. And if that's not the way it's supposed to be, then there is a way. Let's take just a moment and consider that when James wrote these warnings to the body of Christ, warning them to be careful how they communicated with one another and in their communities, uh, there was no electricity. There was no printing press. There was no internet. If James was concerned about the damage a careless word could cause in their day, his warnings are all the more sobering today. Think of the damage that occurs when our careless words are broadcasted through the use of our smartphones and emails and texts and social media platforms, comment sections of posts, videos, and never forget Lampasas breaking news. (laughs) That may be the most one, at least for... I don't know about you, but I can quickly come up with a list of things I have said or typed that I regret. And the timeless word of God is timelier now than ever. A careless and uncontrolled word has always been able to bring about destruction. But in our modern world of communication, the damage that can be done is unlike any other time in human history. The, the breadth and scope of that damage is almost, it's literally unending. It goes global in an instant. We've all heard that we, can, we can't take back a careless word once it's been said. But that, again, has never been more true now, any, any time than it is today. Almost on a weekly basis, I read a news article that says someone um, put together a careless tweet or post and they sent it out and, the, and it didn't have the result they thought it would. So they delete it. And the, the, whoever's writing the article basically says, oh, but no worries. We have programs that caught it before and screen captured it before they could delete it. It will never go away. So it doesn't, they can't deny it. It's not on their page, but it's out. They, and, and this isn't people doing that. They literally have programs that scrape, they call it scraping. They go out and get everything that's on the internet. So it doesn't matter. They can go back weeks, months, years for every iteration of every website that's ever been out there, that's ever been posted, and it's all there for posterity's sake. And so that we can never take back anything that we've said or written. How many truths are twisted? 
How many lies are told? How many facts are buried? How many news stories are fake? How many classroom lectures are indoctrination? How many ads are making false claims? How many juicy gossip stories are myths? How many social media platforms throttle good and promote evil? How many politicians know they are spinning facts rather than serving our Heavenly Father? How many PR firms are violating the commands against lying and false witness in favor of building and defending a false narrative? We could go on and on and on with examples of things that we type and write and say. In our world of clickbait and people and companies cashing in on ad revenue that's promoted through emotions of anger and fear, loving God with our tongue may feel as impossible as fighting gravity. But there's hope. We're going to walk through three passages along with a personal testimony of mine that will guide us through how our faith can work when our flesh really just wants to let our tongue go wild. Or our thumbs. Something else I was reminded of was, and, and this would be a good example, but how many times have you typed something and then wait, delete, 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 and then t- <laughs> delete, delete, delete. You, and over and over, and you know, maybe three, four, five, six, seven times. And maybe in the end you decide smart enough just to not send it at all. But, or at least maybe you got it to a point that's acceptable enough <laughs> to send it. In James 1, 19 through 20, James wrote, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Easier said than done, right? For many years in Candy and I's marriage, I had a real issue with my verbal response in certain scenarios. Actually, a lot of scenarios, but we're only going to look at one. I want to be clear that anyone that knows me, most of all Candy, knows that I can still have issues with words that come out of my mouth. This isn't, you know, I'm not, I have not become perfect in this area. But through prayer and God's grace and mercy, he has brought me a long way. And in this particular area, this very fine point of, a, of my testimony, he really delivered me from a fleshly response that I had for many years. From the beginning of our marriage, I didn't mind doing things for Candy or serving her in ways um, if it was the, well, what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do it, and how I wanted to do it. So gracious of me, right? If I saw that dishes needed to be done and I felt like doing the dishes, well, I would grace her with that act and serve, that, serve in that way and, and, and feel so proud of, you know, of my servanthood. But if she were to ask me to wash the dishes, oh my goodness, something in me that I, I can't even describe would just well up inside. And, and just, you know, I don't know if it's ego, arrogance, pride, all of those, plus some other bad characteristics, but whatever it was, it was in there. Sometimes it would come across in words, sometimes it would come across in the look of my face. How many know we can communicate with a look? Sometimes I would actually do it, but it was like cramming those feelings down and because I didn't like this response. I didn't want this response. I can't tell you how many times I asked for her forgiveness and repented and asked God to take this away because I didn't know 
why it was there, where it was coming from. But so sometimes I'd smash it down and was I going to go do that? And I might, you know, get out of that one time without responding correctly. But that one, it would have been a rare occasion. And two, it was still there. You know, God talks about our motive and our heart. And when, if, you know, if that's there, obviously I, my heart wasn't responding to her in the way that I should. But where was that coming from? In Luke 6, 43 through 45, Jesus said, There's no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks." Out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. There was something in my heart that wasn't good. And I knew it, but I couldn't control it. I was not slow to speak and slow to anger. It was actually quite the opposite. As I said, if I saw the dishes need to be done on my own and did them, no problem. But if she asked, oh boy, it doesn't make any sense. It wasn't logical. I didn't want to respond that way, but my flesh would rise up in an uncontrollable manner, just like that spark that James said would set that fire ablaze. And like I said, I would apologize. I would ask for forgiveness. I would pray and ask God to heal me in that area. And I was like Paul saying, I don't do what I want to do, and I do what I don't want to do. For our words to change, our heart has to change first. But only the Holy Spirit has the power to change who we are and what we communicate. It takes a miracle, a work of God to accomplish this. But thank God, our God specializes in miracles. We all have experiences uh, where our first quick response is the wrong one. When we are angry or hurt or frustrated, tired or offended, that first response is almost always going to be in the flesh. And that was a regular occurrence for me. But God has the solution. In Galatians 5:13 through 18, Paul wrote, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If we continue to seek the Lord and ask for his leading, his, his guidance, our faith can work. It can mature. We've been talking about in this whole series that our sanctification process is just that. It's a process. It's like us physically growing up in our human bodies that we start out as babies and then go through uh, you know, learning to walk, getting strength, learning to talk one syllable at a time, going to school, learning our alphabet. None of those things happened in a moment. But for some reason, we always uh, come to our, our spiritual uh, walk or the things that God's doing in our life and we say it's not working because it doesn't happen in an instant in a moment 
My desire was to walk in the Spirit in this area, not in the flesh, but I was never able to do it in my own strength, no matter how hard I tried. But I never accepted my behavior as good. I knew it was wrong. Like I said, I repented over and over. Each time I failed, I asked God to help me walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh again and again and again. And I remember vividly one day, Candy asked me to do something, and I shared with the first uh, first service, um, I'm ashamed to admit how recent this was. Candy and I this year are going to celebrate 23 years of marriage, but it was after we were living in Lampasas when this happened. We were living in our, in the, our previous home probably in the last five years. So that means she put up with this behavior for like 18 years. But she, I think we were in the kitchen. I'm assuming it was like wash the dishes or take the, take the dishes out of the dishwasher or something of that nature. But I remember it vividly. That feeling inside was gone. It wasn't there. Nothing welled up inside. And I don't know that Candy even noticed in, the, in that moment. We talked about it later and I shared the change that I felt later as it, you know, continued and more opportunities. Like, you know, I was like, hmm, what's happened again? You know, did this, is, this, is it really gone? And she may not have noticed it, but in that moment, literally in that moment, it's like I was hit with a two by four. It was so obvious that I, it, it was just gone. God had delivered me from that issue, and it was miraculous. And since that day, I've never felt that feeling well up inside of me, the flesh so strong in that particular scenario again. And that doesn't mean I don't still say things I wish I shouldn't, or that I don't still do or say things to aggravate Candy. Ask her after the service. She can probably give you a recent example. But it's different Jesus said in John 8:36 that if he sets you free, you will be free indeed. And he set me free to respond to the Holy Spirit in that area. And now I have the ability to be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. But I also still have the ability to choose not to. But it's different. After he did that work in me and set me free, it's so much easier to choose to respond to the Spirit and not to the flesh in that scenario. We have to remember that when we respond quickly, our response is almost never a godly one. It's almost never in the Spirit. But if we can take the time to wait and pray, process, maybe even journal, go for a walk, and invite the Holy Spirit to change what's going on inside of us, we may find that something very, something very different will come out of us. God will change our heart. And it will be evident by the different words and the different fruit that are produced from our mouth and life. Jesus said, if He sets you free, you will be free indeed. And He can set us free. He can deliver us. I believe that God's doing a work in this place and in the ministry here that is even, He's, he's given us words about this becoming a, a place of healing, a place of deliverance. And I even believe He's doing that work in worship. When we were worshiping this morning, my prayer was, Lord, let there be people set free as they praise Your name. Let them be physically healed as they praise Your name. Let them be released from bondages as they praise Your name. As we share the Word and read the Word, Holy Spirit, activate that. Your Word says that Your your Word never goes out and comes back void. That He is releasing and setting people free. And we have that good news and we need to be bold enough to declare it to everyone that will listen. 
Will you bow your head with me as we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father God, we, we thank you that faith works. Lord, our faith in you works. Lord, you have promised over and over throughout your word that you are with us. You will never leave us nor forsake us. Whatever we are walking through, we can have faith that you are standing there in the middle of it with us. Father, I pray if anyone here has an area, an issue, that they have been seeking for healing and deliverance, Lord, that this morning as they seek You, as they praise Your name, that You will set them free and they will be free indeed in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give You all glory and all honor and all power, Father, and we ask that you, we can give You our tongue and our thumbs and our fingers that the words and communication that come out of us, Lord, would be more spirit than flesh. And that every day that we mature in you, it would become more of the spirit and more of the spirit and less of the flesh. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I have a challenge for you. Some years back, we were doing a fast together and I'd prayed about it and asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to fast? And he said, I want you to fast criticism. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. For 40 days, I was miserable because I didn't have anything to talk about. And I realized how often what I would say, well, I'm just teasing. I'm just doing how often my mouth was the tool of the enemy to do in the lives of others what I never intended, but he intended. We've got seven days left of this fast. I just challenge you, for the next seven days, ask the Lord that no unwholesome word would come out of your mouth. Now, let me tell you, I broke that fast every day for 40 days. I'm I'm serious, I did. But every time the Lord reminded me. And now, even years later, that is the one fast I always remember when we talk about fasting. is because every time now, before I speak, I remember... What's this word going to do? Sometimes it still comes out. But the reality is that the Holy Spirit is there to heal and to change and to transform if we will allow it. Let me give you a couple of announcements. That's a, a text. <laughs> I'm not going to read it out loud. Out in the foyer on the table out there, you will find uh, the... There's a, little sheet there that has the month's announcements, the things that we do regularly. A couple of things I just want to point out, and then we'll go. Uh, next Saturday, this coming Saturday, the 12th, men's breakfast, nine, uh, 8 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall. And then out on the table, there's a sign-up sheet for a Young Life skeet shoot on the 26th. It's going to be out at Lutheran Best House. This is uh, for uh, to raise funds for the Young Life, but also it's a time of fellowship. It's $25.00. That'll go to that. And then bring your shells and your shotgun and uh, don't shoot each other. But you can sign up out there on the 26th. Uh, We just finished uh, our spring in-person Connect class. And we have four new uh, covenant members to New Covenant this morning. And we want to celebrate that. But at the same time, I want to say this because this same class is online 
all the time. And you can go online at newcovenantlampasas.com and take that class. And then we'll be having another in-person later. But you don't have to wait for that in, in the fall, we'll have one. But you don't have to wait for that. We want to invite you. If you want to know New Covenant better, if you want to know how to be a part, if you want to know some things that we're expecting uh, or we're hoping for you to experience through it, that uh, you can do that for yourself and just let us know. Uh, one last announcement, and this is really important. Next Sunday is Daylight Savings Time. Yeah. So next Saturday night, set your clocks a forward an hour or you'll show up for the 1030 service at nine and you'll show up at, at the conclusion of the service at 12. All right. So next Sunday, daylight savings time. Let me pray for you and we'll be dismissed. Lord, let no unwholesome word, let the words of my mouth and the desires of my heart be pleasing in your sight. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to this week's message.